Ryu has been a laughably bad character for two years now, but the joke is about to be on Capcom if they don't change that soon. Plus, two major fighting game developers hint at brand new titles, China runs into some big tournament running issues, I have a midlife Street Fighter V crisis, and more on today's Event Hub's podcast. Perfect. And we're back with yet another Event Hub's podcast. It is the middle of the week, Wednesday. We are uh, John and John, as always, getting ready to chat about fighting games in general, probably mostly Street Fighter V, we'll admit, but, uh, but there's been a lot going on this week and um, in, in the entire realm of fighting games, and uh, mm-hmm. I think you have the list there in front of you, so why don't you kick us off, boss? Yeah, actually, we're going to get started here with NetherRealm Studios and kind of what might be going on there. Um, NetherRealm, you know, it's a spinoff from Midway. Uh, they're they're owned by Warner Brothers, and uh, all they all they've done so far is actually just fighting games. And we ran a story here that um, they're working on their next game, and they have a gentleman, uh, two people actually, standing there with uh, like motion capture outfits on, and everyone's kind of like wondering what the heck is you know what's going on basically, and. Uh, you know, you look at stuff like, uh, I think it's like Sub-Zero Chronicles or whatever. It's, uh, I, I watched an Angry Video Game Nerd episode of it. And it's like Sub-Zero, like in oh, a platforming. Mythologies. That there was, you go. Thank you. I yes. wanted that game so bad because blue was my favorite color. So Sub-Zero was my favorite character. And then he got his own game. And I wasn't old enough to get Mortal Kombat games unless it was only my dad that was around. And so that was, uh, anyways, I didn't get ever get to play Mythologies, but... I really wanted to. I read about it in Nintendo Power like every every month when a new one came through. I knew all the cheat codes and everything. I just never got to play it. <laughs> gotcha. <clears throat> so Ed Boon said that they're working on their next game and they're working, you know, hard to make it their best game yet. You know, and so we see the motion capture actors and whatnot. And you again you might wonder, like, hey, are they working on a fighting game? Are they not? Their history is just fighting games. Literally, since they've been uh NetherRealm Studios, they did Mortal Kombat Nine, uh Mortal Kombat Ten. And they've done the two Injustice games. And they've done some, like, you know, mobile games and some other stuff. Um, there's a Batman Arkham game uh, that's, like, based on the Arkham series that's mobile. Uh, you know, I mean, it's they're definitely involved with it. They definitely, you know, develop the title. But uh, it's just they're, they very rarely venture outside of fighting game waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually with Ed Boon, who's their head of their studio or, like, you know, creative director or whatever his title is at, at NetherRealm, uh, looking over his game list, like it's it reads much the same too. Like he doesn't venture outside of fighting game waters very often, and so with those things in mind, it's like okay, like the odds of this not being a fighting game, like they're there, but like I mean, you'd maybe put them at like very low, maybe like five or ten percent. Like it's got to be a fighting game that they're working on. You would assume. And so that's kind of like where the crux of stuff goes. It's like, is there any chance here that that we're going to be shocked and it's not going to be like Mortal Kombat 11 coming out. Um, it, it can't be another Injustice like this quote, this close, like Injustice be a crossover. 3? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's pretty much like, like what else could this be at this point in time? Like I'm trying to poke holes in the theory of, of like how this would not be Mortal Kombat 11. I, and I can't come up with anything. And so it's, yeah. So it's, they've already missed the timeline. Like usually they announce the stuff right at E3. We did a whole big blowout story which Ed Boon probably read and said, you know what, like, you guys are completely on to us. We're not going to release the game, you know, at this point in time. Like, you guys can, you know, go F off, you know, type thing. Like we, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's they, their history, they've broken this up a little bit now in terms of their timelines uh, of how they've done all their other games. Um, the announcement always came at, at E3 right after they were done with their character packs, basically. 
And yeah, so I mean, uh, we're just kind of sitting here waiting for stuff to go. Uh, but that's what it looks like they're going to do. Yeah. So. And, and I mean, outside of that, it's all speculation from there. The fact of the matter is NetherRealm's still alive and, and kicking and working on something. And, and that's fine. You know, they're, we don't ha- they don't have a technical schedule that they're supposed to follow. They happen to have done, you know, an Injustice game and then a Mortal Kombat and then an Injustice, uh, you know, back and forth. Or, or I guess it started with Mortal Kombat, whatever. Uh, but they don't have to adhere to that. And they, you know, obviously haven't. And... Uh, as recent years in the fighting game community have very much taught us, take your time, launch the game when it's ready, do not rush it out the door. So when it comes out, great. I'm excited for it. I, I'm My guess is also, yes, Mortal Kombat 11. That's where all the, the stars are aligning and pointing to. We'll see what happens when it comes out. And until then, you know, speculate away. Yeah. And then uh, SNK Playmore is also working on, I guess they're just uh, SNK now. Um, I think they dropped the Playmore aspect of it, mm. so I'll have to get used to that. But anyway, uh, they're also working on another game. They have a, a countdown website here, you know, the, the infamous announcement of an announcement that's yeah. coming. Uh, we don't know if it's even going to be a fighting game. Um, you know, they they obviously have quite a few properties. Um, I mean, just to name a few from our article, you know, obviously King of Fighters, Fatal Fury, Samurai Showdown, Metal Slug, um, uh, Last Blade. I mean, just they—they have so many franchises they could be reviving here potentially. We just assume it's a fighting game because, again, that's what we know SNK for. Um, and people might be kind of going like, "Okay, hey, like you know, we already have King of Fighters 14, and it didn't come out that long ago. Like, why would they be doing that again?" And actually, the the history of the King of Fighters series, like we we had King of Fighters 14 uh, come out in 2016. Uh, KOF 13 was was 2010, uh, 12 was was 2009, uh, and then so basically we're looking at like just to to round this out like sometimes like as little as like a one or two year gap between games, and then sometimes as much as like you know four or five between games in the King of Fighters series, and so. Uh, if they announce a game now and they release it in 2019 or 2020 or whatever, like that's it fits the timeline pretty much like no matter what. Like it might seem too soon to do a, another King of Fighters game, um, but the one we've had has actually been out for quite a while, and so an announcement there does make sense. Uh, I would personally be hoping more for a Samurai Showdown type thing or, or something more in that vein. But uh, let me yeah. drop this bomb on you and let me see what you how you react. What if they were doing their version of? Capcom versus SNK. Right. Right. I was going to get to there. Oh, my and bad. My I, bad. No, well. no, 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 no. You're good. I So they're, they're working right now with Bandai Namco, obviously, because they've got Geese Howard uh, in Tekken 7. And But Bandai Namco works with everyone. And they've got the SNK Heroines game coming out um, very soon uh, on the Switch, which is, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, I they their history is there their history is there of working with it and it's like okay so what are the odds that that they could be working on something with Capcom uh, Capcom has had a lot of fan demand over the years for uh, CVS three basically they really really have you know and 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 I I I wasn't around in the community to play the uh, the early games but those games would pop up at. Um, Super Arcade, the, uh, specifically CVS2, right? And that's the one everyone talks about. It pops up at my local arcade that we play at. There's a there's a CVS2 cabinet, and it gets played frequently. It's right next to Third Strike. And um, when I was at, uh, what was it called, UGC, in, but when, when Wednesday Night Fights wasn't you know going on as much, or when uh, Super Arcade kind of closed down, uh, there was this new push for a new place called UGC, and they had it there too. And that's one of the fighting games that is. It seems to pop up wherever fighting games are being played, and people don't 
people don't, it's not like this big thing. It's always off in the corner, but it's like, if that's consistently there so much, like people have a special love for that game. Arguably, I mean, just based on this particular statistic or whatever that it, that it keeps popping up like this arguably more than a game like third strike which is in the same boat you see people play it a lot um and, and it's i think it's celebrated a lot more but when you look over and you see the casual stations cvs2 is is like the thread that runs through all of it in my own personal experiences so take that as you will but based on that if they were to announce another cvs game or any any variation of it maybe an snk versus capcom or whatever especially if snk are the ones that are that are you know um, spearheading it then i think the fighting game community would lose their minds and it would be a very good thing it would be one of those kind of home runs before it even launches and it's their their ordeal to screw up but it's already like people are already very ready and excited for it just because of the name so i think that that would be an amazing move if they're able to do it yeah and this goes back to the argument of like hardcore versus casual i don't know how well cvs2 uh, and cvs1 did for kind of casual gamers i know the hardcore community loves those franchises like a few other things like that is one of the prized 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 games in the fighting game community uh it's just it's it's put up on a huge pedestal that's yeah i i I personally think the game's a little overrated and and you can crucify me at catalyst at eh at twitter (laughs) (laughs) if you really want to you know blow me up for that comment i again i just i think the series is a little overhyped for what it actually was um i get it though but it is one of the the grandfathers of the fighting game community in terms of how popular it was how many people brought into the scene it's it's not completely overhyped. It's just I think a bit overblown for what it is. So anyway, um, and it was Capcom's versions of these games that 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 took off and did well. It wasn't the S and K variety. Uh, I don't believe those had much of competitive following out there. So if this is coming from from S and K, uh, I think the the thing that people are going to get very hyped about is that the fact that more than likely we're getting another version from Capcom because that's what both companies did. They they both released their own versions of the crossover. Um, so it's there's there that's there it's you know Garo uh, Garo or however you pronounce it Mark of the Wolves is also another one they could be looking at. Um, there SNK has so many fighting games they could kind of fall back on and, and update. So I'm I'm kind of thinking it's another King of Fighters, but their history here is pretty good. They definitely like to work with other fighting game companies. Um, and you know they, I think they've made some comments about that actually about wanting to do another CVS uh, game with Capcom. Uh, over the years so all that stuff is there uh i think it's just kind of capcom signing off on it and i think i think that capcom wants to do stuff that's more mainstream and less of um like just for fighting game people like you know here's a really hardcore stuff but i will throw this out there that speaking with some monster hunter you know fans and whatnot their franchise is very hardcore monster hunter is not necessarily geared towards casual players and like hey just come and pick up and play and as we've talked about kind of ad nauseum here um it's their number one selling game of all time now uh, for Capcom. Like, there's a market here. You know, people love Dark Souls. Um, they love some of the more hardcore, brutal, you know, uh, gaming experiences out there. Like, it's it's not like you know every game needs to be casual and you know dumbed down and whatnot. And I think that Monster Hunter is is proof of that for Capcom. And so now they've got some resources to work with here. They might be able to be a little more creative with some stuff. And like, hey, you know what? Let's go back and revisit the stuff that that people really enjoyed. Um, the fact that, you know, Marvel versus Capcom sold 1 million copies, uh, infinite, I should say, or 1.2 or whatever, and kind of flopped. Um, I think it's kind of evidence for Capcom that, like, they can just go and find, you know, other franchises like 
CVS like three would probably sell a couple million copies if they did it right. It's like, okay, like that's not a hard, you know, barrier to, to bust through basically. Like why not do that? Appeal to your hardcore audience, appeal to your hardcore fans and do it. It's just, unfortunately in recent history, Capcom's really went the other way, not gameplay wise, but in terms of their, their messaging and their marketing, they're like, Hey, this game is part of me it's dumbed down it's it's easier to play it's it, casuals can pick it up and play it and they're not alone with that in the finding game community if you look at anyone's messaging out there in terms of what they're saying to uh, casual fans like via ign GameSpot, polygon whatever they're saying look we've dumbed our game down it's much easier to play now come and play it with us very few fighting game companies are saying hey our game's hardcore it's insanely impossible to play you know and Reality is different than the messaging. I get that. Uh, most of these games are not very easy to pick up and go with. But but yeah, there's an opportunity here. I think Monster Hunter is, is kind of evidence of that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, all that to say, we don't know what's coming. Uh, more speculation, just like in the NetherRealm realm. And uh, But we're greatly looking forward to seeing what's going to come out of SNK next. Hopefully a fighting game. Hopefully something successful and continues to... Uh, to grow the community and the the fighting game esports scene and all that good stuff. Right. So we speaking of fighting game developers or former fighting game developers here, we had Combo Fiend actually emerge kind of at a, a random tournament and and put in some time with Cody. And uh, I, I'm curious, did you get a chance to watch the footage? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it was a, a little tournament that Super Arcade's been having. Uh, I think like they're weekly, and uh, the footage that I saw, he played against Sherry, Genix, her Nikali, and he, I mean, Combo Fiend is first and foremost, uh, you know, he started as a very good gamer, you know, sponsored and, and competitive level, and that's how he, you know, put his name on the map to begin with, and of course he went and worked with Capcom, and now I hear, hear tell that he's working with Marvel um, specifically, which is interesting, but yeah, we haven't seen him in the scene because he was removed because Capcom employees were, I guess, not allowed to participate in Capcom events like in the Pro Tour and such. So we just saw him uh, more on the development side of things than the player side for a long time. And then um, after he left with Capcom, we haven't heard much from him at all. So then he resurfaces and he's playing Cody, which is a character that people had a lot of hype for. And then pro he showed a lot of promise, but it seems like no one's taken him to that next level. He's very popular. In fact, he's like, top two or three most popular characters online right now at least as of last month but we're not seeing him in tournament emoji used him a little bit and then didn't anymore and um and so to see someone like peter grab cody and and use him in tournament and he actually scored a double perfect in the um in the footage on the stream that i saw it's like that's pretty encouraging and so i reached out to sherry and asked her hey you know how how often um have you guys been seeing combo fiend and such and he's like oh he's been coming by he's practicing for scr and so we might see this guy and all signs point to we'll see this guy back in action maybe putting cody on the map and all that that implies for you know all the stuff we've talked about at nauseum with uh season three characters and cody specifically and and putting his combo freeing style on it you know the bionic arm whatever the next bionic arm is going to be maybe we'll see that start to to peek through at scr but the story is celebrated player been gone for a while comes back is playing a character that we're not seeing in competition very much but that people are very interested in so all of those make for an equation that very could very well could lead to something pretty special pretty exciting so one more reason to check out scr if you're a street fighter fan 
Yeah, and back when I was playing the Street Fighter V beta, um, I ran into Combo Fiend online, and at the time, like, everyone was saying Zangief was complete garbage tier in the beta version of Street Fighter V. And sure enough, he's playing Zangief and testing out the character online and seeing, like, how it goes, and he just destroyed me. I had no idea what I was doing. I was playing Chun-Li in the beta. Um, it was, like, you know, my fourth or fifth game in, and I just got my butt whooped. And... But that's that's Peter's history here is he oftentimes plays weird teams and pioneers a lot of tech and, and approaches with them. Um, he played Guy in Street Fighter 4. Uh, he was one of the, the original Spencer players, I believe. Um, he was Spencer, She-Hulk, and like Taskmaster. Uh, Task master in um in marvel 3 and so he he he's really into like kind of playing like under the radar characters and whatnot and doing very very well with them uh i continue to you know um preach cody's uh abilities i should say in this game i think he's a great character maybe not great i think he's a good character and i think that once we see what combo fiend can kind of do with them uh, i think a lot of people are going to be picking up the character and playing him again and just that's that's what peter does um he pioneers tech and then everyone starts going oh that that's really good i should use that and then all of a sudden we start seeing a flood of those characters from everyone else so so right. yeah so looking forward to it uh peter is awesome um i'll, I'll just quickly say that uh i dialogued with him a good bit behind the scenes during street fighter 5's development um really really passionate and smart dude uh cared a ton about the fighting game community um and uh, i'm i'm just i'm very happy to see him back i'll just kind of leave it there i think there's some other stories we could tell about this you know stuff and whatnot but we'll save it for another day uh but very very good dude um and just uh, yeah uh, it's great to see him back so so yeah so moving right along uh we also had xkira do some data leaks here for street fighter 5 and what he said now, Xkira is known as a data miner, um, and he's actually kind of been underground here for a little while. And these, this is a post that you did. Um, normally, he he kind of shows the data of where he got this stuff from. Uh, and this these posts just kind of came out of nowhere. And he talked about basically a V break, a V custom, and a V counter mechanic here um, being added for Street Fighter Five. And I want to go back and, and talk a little bit about Marvel 3 yet again. And um, Nitsuma was the producer on the game. And for a while, people were asking for basically combo breakers and Marvel 3. And his response to that was, like, we could do that and we could add it into the game. Like, and we looked at doing it. But it ended up changing the game so much that it, like, kind of stopped being Marvel 3 at that point. And, and they looked at it for the ultimate release, basically. And... It, these mechanics, a lot of times, like when you're adding in like giant, heavy, like this is a just a, a huge change, like they really fundamentally change the entire game. And, and some people don't look at that. They just kind of look at like, hey, I'd love to have these mechanics in here. And it's it's something like, you know, the, the custom combos in Alpha 3, like at high levels, they became kind of like the... the the standard that almost everyone used. You had a few other isms that people, you know, pick up with with different characters, but pretty much like the, the custom combo ism was the version that almost everyone was was using in the game. And so, these these giant new mechanics kind of have a way of of just being too dominant and too like just game changing basically. Yeah. And so I'm a little skeptical of this. Um, I know Xkira's uh, track record is generally you know solid, um, but I'll, I'll remind people that. Um, we saw something called version select that was coming, you know, uh, in uh, Street Fighter V, and Capcom has weird naming conventions for some stuff. And a version select ended up just being like what, like V trigger that you ended up choosing right. in training mode, and, that, and that's that's it. You know, it's like okay, well, there's an option now to change that, and we, you know, we did a full on story about it. Um, and so I'm I'm pretty skeptical of this, even though Xkira, I mean, I don't 
it's I don't think he's making stuff up. You know, I think he has some reason for this. Like, and that's why he put it out there. His track record definitely shows it. Yeah, he's I'm like just, a seventy percent of the time kind of gets it, or it'll be something that, like you said doesn't really translate in the way we think it will be or it'll be like like he'll talk about he talked about dan's dojo mini game we didn't quite get that but we did get you know mini games put into the game eventually with the the barrels and stuff like that right and yes and um and and like uh what else was it talking about the different times of day like that there would be weather conditions that would change on the stage that never really came out but there were different like you know we had the kanzuki estate in the afternoon mm-hmm. versus in the the um, but what he was talking about made it sound like sometimes it'll be snowing and sometimes it won't be and sometimes it'll be the evening and, and like maybe right. it'll change. Um, so little things like that or maybe it changes through rounds like we saw in Cross Tekken or in the latter part of uh, Street Fighter 4 Ultra. But yeah, w- like my reaction to this was similar to yours right off the bat, especially the idea of a combo breaker, which I don't think we've seen in Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's something that we've seen a lot in Mortal Kombat. Uh, and they had it in Killer Instinct, uh, yeah. sort of. Well, yeah, and they had 100%. it in, in Tatsunoko versus Capcom as well. Okay, okay, so, yeah. They, they, it has been in the Street Fighter, like in Capcom fighting games, I should say, just not very often. Yeah, and and to put that in, especially later on, is like that's going to change things hugely. And and you know that without seeing it in practice or anything. Uh, you know, some things are like, oh, I don't see how changing a frame on a certain move is going to change stuff. And then, well, actually, it turns out to be this huge, massive alteration to the game that you don't realize until it's put into practice. But this kind of a thing, it's like, well, just looking at on paper, that would change things up a lot. And people have really been asking for more defensive options in Street Fighter V. That's been a thing since uh, just about the beginning, right? But this would be such a game changer that I'm like, wow, that's that in particular probably too much. The other ones, and again, this is all super speculation. We don't even know the, the specifics of what these would be. If they are what we think they are, then, you know. Uh, but the other ones, it's like a, a, a cancel, but not like FADC. So that, <laughs> that gives us like yeah, almost no I information, yeah. some kind of a cancel. Um, and and then the next place my mind went, though, was like kind of what you were getting at as well. The idea of isms or different loadouts that you can choose before you start and and give your character specific boosts that or specific mechanics uh, and not the other ones, right? So maybe you have a combo breaker, but you don't have the cancel move and you don't have uh, whatever the other one was, stuff like that, that we have seen in like, you know, CBS and in uh, Alpha and, and things like that. That's a possibility. And you know, end of the year overhaul where they've last time they added new V triggers. We've seen them in Street Fighter 4 add delayed wake up and red focus later in the game's life. It's not impossible, but this information is is so it's a leak that may or may not be even begin to tell what what is kind of going on. You know, it's really through a glass darkly right now. So it's hard to jump to any conclusions here, but I do think that if they were to, you know, change up the mechanics in the game i personally wouldn't be too sad about it uh i, I do think the game is mm, a little bit lacking as of late I'm, i i can't necessarily put my finger on it but i'm not having a ton of fun playing it most of the time nicole so, maybe nicole yes. <laughs> i'm sorry yeah it's a you gotta play sagat man that's that's where it's at so, uh, yeah. fair fair and he yeah. is he is fun and satisfying to play as i've said so yeah uh, a lot of ways that things could go here. I don't want to get uh, panties up in a bunch in any in any respect too much because of just how unstable this foundation is thus far. 
But we are done with the DLC, at least the initial DLC. We don't know if there's going to be more or not. But you have a whole end of the year here for Capcom to be working on other stuff. So it does seem like they would have the time to prep something like this and then roll it out, you know, maybe at the start of next year or something like that, similar to how they did Arcade Edition. So anything's mm -hmm. possible. Yeah. I'll just throw out there that um, this is translated from Portuguese. Uh, lost in translation is a very popular phrase for, you know, a uh, big reason. It's also a movie. But anyway, um, and then uh, how you do like, you know, the V breaks and stuff like that. It's the same command as V reversals. Like it's um, forward and three punch. And it's like, OK, so how would that work? Like are V reversals going away? Are they being called V breaks or like what's going on? Um, the V customs actually use the medium punch and medium kick command, among others. But it's like, OK, like V skills are a very important aspect for a number of characters. Like you can't just take that away. Um, and then the V cancel that he's talking about is a heavy punch and heavy kick activation. A number of characters have, you know, they do their V trigger activation that way, but then they also have follow-ups like that happen there. So this makes me think it's some kind of like different mode or different way of doing it or, or I mean, you know, maybe it's again, like it's an ism system and it's a gigantic change that's coming to the game, but just based on, on where street fighter five is and, and where the game is at, like, Gameplay wise, people, you know, they say the game is random and other stuff, but like the game is pretty well played. It's not like another Street Fighter Cross Tekken where everyone's like, just die. Like, I want you to go away. I want you to die. I do not want you to exist anymore in the fighting game community. Um, the gameplay has generally uh, been pretty okay with Street Fighter V. Some people love it. Some people hate it, but it's played. Um, so I just, I don't see why Capcom would go this far, you know, a hard right turn, you know, um, and just break the game like from what it is right now, you know. And I, I again, much heavier, you know, leaning towards this is some kind of like offshoot mode. Uh, keep in mind, we got the really cool mode for for Marvel Three uh, Heroes and Heralds. That's what it was, and it added in like parries, and it added in all these different like you know great you know type of of gameplay aspects. That was such a great mode. Um, it's unfortunate that it didn't last like you know for too long. Like I think people played it for a couple months and then kind of moved on from it. But it was a really terrific mode that was just kind of brought out of nowhere. Uh, no one expected it. Uh, it it just added all these great new wild mechanics and whatnot. And I think that maybe we'll see something like that with Street Fighter Five. It makes sense to do it. It's pretty. Like it's an pretty Omega mode. Yeah, like an Omega mode, uh, but like, you know, Omega mode on steroids, you know, type of thing. It's like, wow, you're really adding a lot of stuff in here. That's what Heroes, Heroes and Heralds were. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, it will be interesting, again, to see what happens when, when more concrete answers actually present themselves. So, we're going to go ahead and get into um, some bracket stuff that happened at a China premiere event on the Pro Tour. Um, it was uh, Final Fighters China, which is a great name, by the way. Anytime you can work Final Fight into your tournament name, that's badass. But um, some players maybe felt that uh, the bracket seating was a little suspicious and kind of weird because basically you had some of the, the top players on the Pro Tour like all kind of put in the same bracket. And then uh, you had some other players, uh, maybe maybe from China, maybe from other regions that kind of got in brackets that did not have as many, you know, uh, stacked players. Um, I know that Alex Myers actually got, I think it was ninth at this tournament. And um, he actually went up on Twitter afterwards and said, like, hey, guys, like, I got ninth, but, like, I kind of feel like I didn't earn it you know type thing um and, and a bunch of people you know chimed in alex myers is a really good dude uh and just said like hey dude like you get night at any premiere event you're still doing something um 
but yeah, there was a, there's a lot of bracket funniness going on, and uh, seeding has has become more of an issue over the years. But we we have the pro tour to kind of seed off of, and you would kind of assume that would be the standard like rule that everyone goes in. It's like, hey, you got players on the pro tour, you're playing for huge amounts of points, like you have to seed by this. And apparently that's not the case, even for premier events, um, which Capcom tends to, to have much more um, maybe control over, or they definitely oversee those a little bit more. Uh, so it was it was kind of a thing that came up, but I wondered if you had any experiences or kind of thoughts uh, of seeing some, we'll just say suspicious bracket activity over the years. Maybe you can uh, bleep out the names or something like that, but, uh, but yeah. Um, as far as you know, floating and and uh, or organizing brackets to give certain players advantages and such. Like I don't think that that's the case here, right. um, and and I don't think I've I, we've we've. I'm trying to remember. There was a floating accusation, or or they even caught someone doing it, maybe like a year or two ago, and I forget the event and it was, everything. Uh, I. It's it's up on our website. It's documented. It, I mean, I just I hate bringing it up because it's kind of like they've been punished and we kind of moved on from it. Yeah, and and I don't really like that's. I only bring that up to say like that's really the only time that I've seen this happen where it was probably the case and uh, and and you know people were actually held responsible for it and it was a big deal. There's there's accusations every time you know so and so plays so and so. You know, people yell collusion. You know, usually pretty cavalier. Uh, but as far as this goes, I think that it was just like laziness or or uh, people just didn't know what they were doing and didn't take the time to go ask someone that would, which is probably like an arm's length away. Like, hey, you know, should I have Gachi-kun and Itabashi Zangief play each other first round of the tournament? So uh, there's a lot of people that could tell you, oh, no, those two probably shouldn't play each other the first round of the tournament, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and which is something that actually happened. And you know that that kind of thing was was like running throughout i think that a lot of the blame here falls on capcom i think that they've been essentially able to cuz this is the pro tour right so they've essentially been able yeah. to you know hand these events to event organizers and tournament organizers that know what they're doing and that are familiar and and you know that keep up on the scene and, and so they haven't had to do much regulation as far as brackets go but in this case whoever was running the event should not have been running the event, or at least whoever, I, yeah. I shouldn't go that far, whoever was making these brackets, and if that's the same person, should not have been doing this job because they were not equipped to do it. And then, I mean, once it happens, it happens, and I don't know if Capcom could have stepped in later, so this is probably just a learning experience. And, you know, it's a re- it's still a relatively new venture, this whole Pro Tour thing, and there are still going to be some kinks that have to get ironed out. If this kind of thing happens again, then I'm kind of upset. At this point, it's like, well, it was a learning experience. Don't let that person, whoever it was, do it next time. And uh, but but I've also heard that there's been problems with Chinese events before, and it's in the same realm. And I don't know enough to really talk on it, except for that I've heard that it's happened. Yeah, rumors on the internet, and and that's it, we have to be careful of that it's it's a we have heard it. We we you know we hear the same things everyone else does. Um, it's it's just it's a little suspicious to me. Like when you have Fudo and Fujimura, like two of the top 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 Street Fighter Five players right now, and they're meeting kind of in the you know the, the semifinals of of that bracket, and it's like how like that that that's a good chance to be grand finals right there like how do you have that happen like that just makes no sense and how could you be that out of touch with reality like what seating did you do to, to make that a reality you know and i just i don't get it um 
And so I, I think it's kind of the time that, that maybe Capcom steps in maybe next year. Uh, they don't like to, you know, change the rules, you know, mid-season. And it's, you know, I think all the, the China events are done now for, for 2018, at least premiere-wise. Um, and they can just step in and say, hey, look, you have to seed, at least to some regard, with the, the Capcom Pro Tour standings. You can't have this kind of stuff happen. Um, and, and again, before the seeding system, it's like, you know, how do you actually seed? It's a lot of, you know, like, well, I think Daigo's really good. I think Justin Wong's really good. So I'm going to make sure they're not put in the same bracket. You know, and that comes down to knowledge and other stuff. Um, but in this day and age, there's kind of like no excuse. It's like, go load up the Capcom Pro Tour website, look at the standings, and seed accordingly. And you, you could have a little bit of wiggle room, and I think that's that's important for TOs because you have great TOs like the the Level Up crew, uh, Evo, uh, Big E, like all all the you know. There's so many TOs who know exactly what they're doing, so this kind of stuff does not happen. This is kind of a um, a pretty rare instance in this day and age. But uh, I, I don't think maybe a guideline or maybe a heads up you know uh, in the Pro Tour rules that you have to at least seed somewhat by by the standings is not a bad idea. So yeah, agreed. So moving right along, we had. Uh, a poll go up on the website of which characters you would absolutely hate to see in season four of Street Fighter V Arcade Edition. And I just kind of wanted to run this down here for, for everyone. Uh, we actually had El Forte as a number Aha. one character. <laughs> yes. Everyone hates him. You know, and it's of all things, like we had Violent Kin, which to my knowledge uh, at number two is like only appeared in like the Switch version of. That's so um, random. Yeah. It's like of all things, it's like, really? And then uh, just to round this out here, we've got Rufus. Uh, then Seth and Evil Ryu as the top five. And I mean, uh, you can see the poll on our website if you want to know like the full results. We had almost um, 7,000 votes here. Uh, a bit shy of that, but yeah. Um, and it's just, it's weird Violet King got up there, but like all the rest of it, I see it. Like I remember Rufus being so hated because of uh, Justin Wong and uh, Ricky Ortiz playing the character and just kind of mauling people. It was because of Messiah and- Kick. The the move was dumb. It took, it, it was, ugh, oh my gosh. It was an invincible reversal that had slightly different properties than most invincible reversals and became like safe and and it trumped like everything you would ever do which is why they started calling it the jesus kick and Mm -hmm. and he also had every different like any which way into ultra like he could combo and he still wasn't a great character like all of those things were true so what does that leave you with you just you're frustrated a lot of the time and he's not even necessarily winning a lot he's just he's just ruining dreams and then (laughs) right and it's like so i think that that's why people didn't like him I, I sense a little bit of salt here with Rufus. Like, do you want to explain this matchup for I, Goku? I didn't uh, yeah, even I, hate. Yeah. Well, no, and, and Brent, okay. Brent is cool, who was probably like the third best Rufus in the country. Um, he, We played all the time, and it was very back and forth, and it became like a zoning game, and if he could get in, then he would maul me, but if I could keep him out and frustrate him, then, you know, I would win, and it was very, very back and forth. And we had fun playing it, and I didn't. I personally didn't necessarily hate the character playing him. Like I, I definitely got salty at some messiah kicks. I ate some messiah kicks in my day for sure, and his dive kick game was pretty brutal. But I think that just in general, a reason why people wouldn't like him, outside of him being, I think he was like the first character uh, in a Capcom fighting game that wasn't in shape. Like he was the first actually mm-hmm. fat because like you have Honda, but he has uh, somehow abs over his fat or something. Uh, like that. I think I because Tekken fans are are grinding, uh, grinding their teeth right now. Bob and Tekken, well, I, like I he's said Capcom. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. But mm-hmm. well, we'll do an honorary mention of Bob because like Bob is a great character. I loved his design. Um, I think Rufus had a good bit uh, based on him. But my apologies. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he he visually, you're used to everyone being in great shape and being in ridiculous non-human shape. Uh, but then you have Rufus, who's who's very fat. <laughs> also, an American stereotype, which I don't think anyone's really upset at because whatever. But. You know, this is the fat American that just is, and he's dumb, you know, he just, right. uh, anyways, so I can, I get it. I get why people, um, aren't huge fans of that. I'm, I'm more happy to see El Fuerte up there. I personally would have loved to see C Viper up there because I hated her, but I get why people loved her. She was very flashy. She was good. She required a lot of skill. She was entertaining to watch. She was sexy. She had all the check marks. So I'm sure that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Viper pop up next season, just because um, she would be uh, she would be very well received, mm-hmm. um, just as a character, just from her her brief backstory in the in the franchise thus far. But yeah, and, but Violent Ken, it's like what, you just not like Ken this time around that much. You don't want to see anything else, you know, out of him and such. But it, it doesn't make sense, like why he got that kind of negative attention. I would think that there would just be apathy there. But right. what do I know? Yeah. One of the characters I do want to go into a little bit more in depth here is Evil Ryu, because we're hearing, you know, murmurs. Uh, Dream King did an article on the website uh, talking about how, like, there's a lot of references to Evil Ryu are, you know, the the Satrio blah, 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 the Nohato or whatever. Satrio Nohato. Yeah, whatever it's called. It's uh, no one knows the name of it. Not even you. You just like, you got lucky. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, whatever the evil, you know, stuff that he has, you know, lurking underneath the surface. Um it, there's a lot of references that to that in the game, and, uh, and Daigo just... brought him up too. Daigo, well, and he was just going off of that, but because of the way the intro sequence for Arcade Edition works, and right. Daigo, Daigo himself said, "Yeah, I, I, my guess would be Evil Ryu if there's going to be a character coming in." And he played that character at the end of Street Fighter Four, and it was amazing. His, you know, he had the crazy combo against uh, Momochi with it, and his Evil Ryu was top tier. It was amazing. Um, the, the character was also broken, so that's probably why people are not looking forward to seeing him in Street Fighter V. But, uh, but yeah, like with him saying that, I think that's got a lot of uh, the, the, the wheels turning for everybody else just because of who he is. Right. And my big problem with like Evil Ryu is like you've already got Ryu who sucks. Why not fix him first? You know, like, why not actually go back in and do this? And we've been looking at, like, you know, reuse frame data and just trying to, you know, analyze why the character is so bad. And it's just like everything about him, like, almost seems like I I keep joking with the crew and I'm like, there's no chance this could happen. But I'm like, I wonder if they're going to replace Ryu with Dan. Like, they're just going to, like, he's so bad. Like, they're, like all of a sudden in season four, he's going to have the Dan kicks. And he can, like, taunt, like, unlimitedly. And, like, builds a meter and stuff. <laughs> Every update, they shorten his belt yeah. a little bit. And it looks a little, like, worse tied. So it looks goofy. And, yeah. His, his gi gets a little pinker. Right. He's slowly evolving into Dan. And that's what he's going to be. But, I mean, just, like, you look at stuff like his crouching medium kick, which is a staple of Ryu. That is one of his, like, you know, defining moves, like, you know, crouching medium kick into fireball. That is what the character is known for. Like he is, that's what he does. And, and the frame data on it is actually worse than Akuma's. Like Akuma's is actually better. Like uh, reuse is negative three on block, for example. Akuma's is negative one. Um, reuse startup on his is seven. And then Akuma's is six. And it's like, and what? it's got better range, right? It's Akuma's got better, better range. range yeah, yeah. I haven't it's, looked at that, and but that's what you guys said. And, and yeah. 
and, and I'm just I'm looking at the character and I'm going, what the hell are you doing? Like, like you, this is your poster boy for your franchise. Like, this is the character. Like, even on our website, you go and you look at our tournament results up in the upper right hand corner, and we've got Ryu standing in the middle. You know, his classic pose here from Street Fighter Two when he wins the tournament. Um, he's up there. You know, that's that's like that's your poster boy. This is the most popular character in fighting game history, even to this very date. He is the most popular character, and you have made him possibly the worst character in the game. And it's not like like this is like a, a overly difficult like thing to broach. It's like you could at least make a mid tier by just increasing his frame data to what Akuma has. Like you've got it right there. You've got a, a complete like loadout that you could like just change like overnight. Like oh hey guess what? Like Ryu's medium kick is a lot better. It actually has range now. Um, we didn't cut off his arms and legs. You can actually use them. And <laughs> all yeah. of a sudden the character is good. So so here's the thing. First off, we'll start. We'll start. We we talk about Ryu every so often. Um, Adaptive Trigger Justin on the site plays Ryu, although he's kind of migrated over to first Ibuki and now Colleen. And we started talking about it yesterday, and and he was like, "I'm I'm I really I'm having a lot more fun playing Colleen than I was playing Ryu." And uh, Justin's primarily a Smash Bros player, so when he said that, I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" Because I I I I'm suspecting that you probably don't have. You know, like the a ton of experience playing Ryu and such. Maybe you're missing missing something in your analysis here. And so he starts listing off like the frame data that you just kind of talked about and everything. And then I'm, you know, I open it up on my uh, on on my app and stuff, and I'm looking at it. And and all, everything that he's saying is absolutely correct. And the character is, as people oftentimes say, just like a not as good Akuma. Like anywhere where Ryu like has a tool, Akuma has it better. And yeah. um. And it's very true. Like, I was like, I mean, he's got to have frame traps. Justin goes, oh, he doesn't even really have a, a, a good frame trap. Or maybe that was you that said it. And and sure enough, like, not even medium punch into medium punch. Things like that. Because there's, like, a four-frame gap or, or something or other yeah. like that, Nick. And, um, I mean, it, there, there are technically frame traps. You can do, like, close standing, like, you know, light punch into medium punch or something like that. But the point is, like, they're not very useful, like, and, and they require him to be at places where, you know, he's seldom going to actually be. And it, it's true, just looking at the at the data, of course, we haven't seen any results with him in tournament since season one when he was really good. But just looking at the frame data and the paper, the character is not strong. And there's a huge difference between a character like Fong not being strong and a character that is the poster boy of the series of the franchise that is recognizable that is the character that everyone is going to play when that well that the majority are going to play when they first pick up the game and have no idea what they're looking at when they look at the character select screen they're going to go to ryu most of the time that's where people's um springboard that's going to be their first experience into street fighter and that character as as your poster boy needs to be fun and needs to be like he's he's your first bridge he's your first impression and capcom has seemingly abandoned him mm -hmm. and um and there are like like there's always going to be a tier list and there's always going to be character there are always going to be characters that are not as good as others and but it's one thing to have the newcomer fong be not that good and be meme worthily bad Mm -hmm. And it's another thing for your poster boy to be that. And if your poster boy is that, I think you have a huge problem in, in more than just gameplay, but in your general communication to your audience. And so with season four on the horizon, I don't, I don't, as a player, I don't want Ryu to get better because that's another character that I have to worry about, you know, but 
from as a fighting game community member and as a Street Fighter community member, I'm like, you better make Ryu worth playing. He's still the most popular character online. That's still the character that everyone's going to. But that tells me that they're going to this character that that probably isn't going to win a whole lot, that, that doesn't have the tools to get it done, and therefore... You're, yeah, you're frustrating your users. You have a bunch of brand new players that are trying to play Street Fighter V. That's always the case with fighting games. People see, you know, Daigo, uh, Fudo, Haitani, all those people out there playing the game. They want to do that. They want to play the game too. Most people are going to start with Ryu because that's the character they know. That's the character they have the most experience with. And guess what? Your character, that character sucks bad. There's a really good case that he is the worst character in the entire game. And guess what? That's where people are starting at, and they're going to get frustrated. They're going to get pissed off. It's like, don't do that. Like, I, I literally, you have a case for that character being at the very worst, like playable mid tier somewhere around there over every other character in the game. Like, I love Rose. I love Manat. Those are my two characters. Like, literally, I would argue for Ryu being better than those characters if I'm Capcom because of how important that one character is to like this this franchise it's it's where people go they might start with akuma they might start with guile they might go elsewhere but the majority of people even now they're playing ryu they and they are having a horrible experience it's like uh adaptive trigger was telling us he's like he's like i'm he's playing colleen now who's actually a good character in this game and he's like i didn't realize like street fighter 5 played this way i've been playing against ryu and like people were like sweeping me and i couldn't punish it i couldn't do anything and i just i assumed that's how the game was played <laughs> It's like, no, the game is not played that way. You don't have to actually play the game like you can't do anything. You're just used to playing Ryu and you're trying to justify him. Like, like he's an okay character. Like, poor Adaptive Trigger. Like, we felt so bad for the guy. It's like, dude, like, you got to drop him. He's like, no. He's like, I'm going to find some cool stuff with him. And, and like, he even brought up a, a story the other day. He's like, you know, people are saying, like, Ryu's parry is, like, good. Like, you can, you know, you can parry. And if you master that, you're, you're, you're great. It turns out Akuma's parry is actually better than Ryu's. And it's like... What are you doing? Like Capcom, like you, you've given people no justification whatsoever for playing the character. Like a complete opposite. You are setting people up for total failure and not wanting to get into the game by having Ryu in the state that he's in. It's ridiculous. And they've shown that they are aware and capable of doing this for certain characters. You look at Akuma, and he's been a strong character gameplay-wise. Uh, he's always been very strong in the lore, right? He's he's kind of like one of the beacons of, of you know the, the the strongest bad guys and the biggest threats, and that's one of the biggest appeals about him as a character is how powerful he is. But they've made his gameplay line up with that fairly well throughout the years. No matter what Street Fighter you're looking at, Akuma is almost always on the top part of the list, and sometimes he's the absolute best character in the game. They've made this like part of the the Akuma experience. And it's like, if you can do that with a character, and Akuma's very important to the Street Fighter franchise because of what they've built him up to be. But as important as he is, Ryu is, I think, very obviously and clearly more important. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and it's not to say that Capcom hasn't done a lot of good things with Street Fighter V. They haven't fixed a lot of things that... Uh, not to say that they haven't fixed a lot of things that were issues previously, but this is, you know, this is the next thing that I think they really need to make sure they get right when they go into season four. And and it's like, it's not even that hard of a change because like we were saying earlier, you can just look at the frame data and go, this really sucks. You know, extend his, his crouching medium kick a, a little bit, 
or give his you know standing medium punch a better like a little bit better frame data so that he can use it a little bit more things like that like you don't have to do everything that people are asking or, or that people would want but give him something tangible that that can actually give him a fighting chance and that's not to say that ryu doesn't win you know every every character wins in street fighter 5 but you're not going to see ryu in top eights and uh and and that's sad and especially if yeah. he's like the most popular character otherwise I, I i do want to remind people that we do know very clearly that ryu was one of the best characters in season one he and he was way too good and he made the game not fun for some people we get that uh and, and we're going to get into this guy a little bit you know uh, later on here but vega is just like kind of a night and day different character like he's popular but he's not the poster boy of street fighter him sucking and not being a good character like Eh, you can you can kind of live with that like I know Vega players are really pissed off now at me I used to be a Vega player I get it but it's just it's a night and day difference when you have a character that almost everyone is going to flock to naturally and start the game with and and he sucks and and it's just like you, you just can't have that but so I, I we're going to switch gears here a little bit because you said something earlier that you're not enjoying Street Fighter 5 and we yeah. might be going to a really dark place here on the podcast because I think this is the first time <laughs> that I, I've ever heard John say, oh, yeah, I'm not enjoying Street Fighter V. And so I'm I'm like, I, I'm kind of like just anxious to hear what you're going to say. I have no idea. We didn't talk about this, you know, in advance. So like, what is happening? What is going through your mind that you do not love this most beloved and flawless game that never pisses you off and, and people never, you know, do salty stuff to you? Like, wh- what happened? Well, uh I should clarify. About a year ago, I was I I felt this way, but only about the birdie matchup. And I've since actually enjoyed playing the birdie matchup more now. Um, and then when Arcade Edition dropped, and it felt like the pace of the game um, changed, I I had a hard time for about a month or so, but then adapted to it and felt okay. Uh, but I felt similar in that time where I was just like, this just it's it's one hundred percent work, and it 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 isn't fun otherwise. And um, it, it just feels like when I sit down to play the game and this might just be like a rut, you know, and it might just be like a season that, that I'll get out of. But when I sit down to play the game, if I win, it's fine. If I lose, it really sucks. And then after a session, like I don't really have anything to, to really hold on to that makes me feel satisfied. Mm. Like there are little, there are little things here and there. It, it basically like the, like we've talked about before, what, what parts of the game are fun? Like, where do you have the most fun? And it's like, well, based on how the game is designed, it's making the right call and then putting that into motion and having it come through. Like you pictured it, you know, if, if that's like, you, you're going to forward dash here. So I'm going to stick out a normal that beats that and then convert it into a full combo or whatever you know whatever the situation is if you're able to successfully manipulate your opponent that's pretty fun but they really just haven't been outweighing the feeling of like well i guess that happened and i lost and and that's basically how the game is and it's not necessarily a negative thing but it's something that i don't find very fun is is when you know you're in throughout ex tackle uh or or even i was playing a ryu earlier today he was a master ranked ryu which i use very seldom see those so Hats oh off to goodness. him for grinding yeah. that far. It's possible, guys. It's possible. Hold on to it, Adaptive Trigger. Don't give up. Keep playing Ryu. Yeah. <laughs> no. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do a story on that guy that is master ranked Ryu. Yeah, player, right. Because that's so. It. Yeah, but um, anyway, but like it was, it was a great like back and forth, and it came down to like the final hit, and he threw an EX fireball, which I saw. And I was like, cool, just block it. But like, you know, I went to block and I wasn't in time. It could have been, you know, lag. It could have been the input lag, you know, online plus input lag, whatever. 
but like he he didn't throw that fireball for anything except for just like to check me and in that kind of a situation i'm like yeah of course i'm gonna be ready for anything like that but it, it didn't work out and i just i got hit by it and and i was like i don't feel like that was an especially smart move that was there to trick me. It's just that it's hard to react in Street Fighter V. EX fireballs are fast, and and you got me. And and I didn't feel like defeated uh, and outsmarted. I felt like he just happened to throw the fireball when I was moving the stick forward and uh, didn't have time to react because it's you know those those precious frames. And the feeling that you get after a situation like that just really sucks. And like I said, it doesn't outweigh the the good feelings that you get from when you from when you do win. In my personal experience, and uh, you probably bring up, well, I'm an Akali player, so that probably factors into it just because of the way the character tends to play and such. Um, that's very possible. But um, but yeah, that's just my immediate feelings in the game. Like when I play it, I play because I feel like I need to. I need to stay updated. I need to you know understand what's going on so I can write about it and talk about it and things like that. But a lot of the times it's just work and and there's there's no real payoff whereas other games that i'm playing i'm playing because i find that first and foremost enjoy the right. experience and the reward that that comes from from learning and, and growing through them and eventually winning in them but it's like this game it's like oh good i won i got points um but outside of that it's like well yeah and and just as easily someone that i feel like I am I am more skilled at and like beat them very strongly the first game. They can easily come back and and just through, you know, situations where they threw out the right move at the right time. Um, it's so it's so common in this game that it's like they can beat me even though like the skills are not matched. And and the opposite is true too. Like I'll I'll take some games if I just want to be willy nilly and and stuff mm-hmm. over p- players that are uh, clearly better than I am. So it's just again it, it's just it doesn't feel worth it. In, in a lot of ways. It's funny that of all times that you bring this up because I literally had a segment here on the pod I was planning on uh, and I'm, I'm going to get into here in just a minute um, where I'm having the exact opposite experience and I'm not even joking. Literally, well, like you could you could mirror this in just the opposite way and I'm, I'm finding so much enjoyment about the game. I'll get into that in a minute though because I want to circle back to something that we talked about on the pod previously and that was a little game called Pocket Fighter. Uh, and that's like a little mobile game uh, where, you know, it's on like, the uh, Wii U. Wii U, there you go. Or Pocket and, Rumble. Yeah, Pocket Rumble, on, there I'm we sorry. go. Pocket I always Fighters, call it Street Wii U. Yeah. It's the Switch. Switch. It's the yeah. Switch. <laughs> we're, we're, we're journalists. Uh, we don't know what we're talking about. Like, I'm whatever. Not a we we played it on the Nintendo, and, you know, it's just like the Sega Genesis popped up, and, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> anyway, um, but you, you described basically like getting into the footsies of the game. You described about like, you know, throwing fireballs and doing, you know, just basic kind of like footsie 101 type stuff. And you described the enjoyment of that and how that related to Sagat. Uh, you've been playing Nikali now, I think, since the beta of Street Fighter V, right? Yep. Since Well, I played Ryu for the first few months of the game with right. a, like a pocket Nikali, but then made the total switch over uh, about halfway through Season 1. I don't think in that entire time that I've, I've talked to you, you've ever once described Nikali doing that kind of stuff, ever. And I mean, obviously, he doesn't have a fireball, you know, kind of thing. It's like, you know, that that changes the mix. But like the the strategy that 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 aspect that you enjoy that you love so much, I've never heard you describe it with Nikali. The whiff punishing, yes, you're very good. Like like John, if you guys don't study his um, his uh, Nikali, I almost called it his Velociraptor. My goodness, that, that <laughs> has some weird connotations there. So I'm gonna move right along. But anyway, if you if you don't study his his gameplay, um, he usually backs off in a matchup and and will kind of like hammer at you with you know Nikali's ground pound, trying to build some you know 
know, meter and resources up and try to get you to open yourself up. And he is really good at with punishing. He's very, very good at deceptively moving into ranges and other things that that really blow you up. And and he's great at it. And it's something he did with Goken. It's it's something he's very just adept at naturally. And that's something we have talked about and we've done, but what he's missing here, and it's why his Goken was like so renowned and, and so magical for people. Like he played the old man, as he called him, and, and and people would always talk about it. It's why I've always, you know, said to John, like, I like your Nikali. I totally respect the level he's at. It just feels like a bad marriage. It feels like you've got the wrong character. And when you talk about Sagat, when you talk about that, that fireball uppercut game and the satisfaction that comes with that, it's yeah, Sagat's probably not as good as Nikali right now. You know, maybe he's somewhere in that ballpark. But that that magic that you feel when you when you play the right character and you do something that's satisfying to you, it's it's so special. It's Daigo played Yun and in, in Street Fighter Four because he was the best character in the game. You know that, and he did not do as well. And it was when he went back to Ryu and Evil Ryu and played a character that was near and dear to his heart that he found more success and more magic. And yeah, Sanford Kelly's coming up here. Pick a top tier. Pick a top tier. You know, kind of thing. It's it's you can do that, and you got to be very careful with it, but. In these games, it's so important that you find something you enjoy and you want to do or you end up hitting these walls. And you hit these walls anyway, but you hit them much harder if you're not enjoying the fundamental aspects of your character. And I look at someone like Nikali and I look at him as a regular character. They're just like one of those characters that's going to throw stuff at you and make you react to them. And and they really put you... um, at a disadvantage, they make you, they, they really make you uneasy. They make you, they're so good at rushing down. They're so good at just like pressuring you. But the, the, the problem with them is, is they can have a lot of the same things happen back to them. They're very inconsistent characters. And I look at the lack of consistency with that character. And I think it's pretty much universal with anyone who plays them, even Phenom, who's uh, usually considered the best Nikali player. Um, but Haitani's played them as well. And you see the results of, of them playing that character and you see a lot of inconsistency in there. And you, I think that's just what's baked into the character and and it's why I've been so kind of adamant about you trying someone else is just I feel like that magic that you talk about like it's it's good that you're good with the character but it's just like I feel like that's missing and 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 I'm I'm giving the story here to all of our, our listeners just to understand that like finding that magic, finding stuff that you enjoy in these games, it's so important. And and yeah, there's a lot of walls you hit. There's a lot of things you hit. But if you're not having fun, like you probably need to change something up, like your mindset, your, your, your character, you need to change something up so you are having fun and you're enjoying the process. And I, again, to get into my own stuff here, um, of all things, people know I love hitting crouching medium punch in fighting games. It's one of my favorite things. I, it's, it comes from the Alpha 2 days where that move was pretty much broken like universally with almost every character in the game. Like Their crouching medium punch was stupid, especially Roses in that game. It was. Uh, I've told the story before, but if you guys want to you know, look it up online, like I actually made a whole story about Sir Lin's crouching medium punch where he hit it like 16 times in a row uh, in the grand finals of a tournament and ended up winning the tournament with it. Like I, I love dumb, repeatable moves that are, that are hard to get in here and again yeah but anyway so um i found a a magic key here with monat in terms of if i do that move and i I do a light sphere um i can actually be plus on block from the right ranges i had no idea that was the case before street fighter 5's training mode Uh, normally you're negative four or worse if you do that from the wrong ranges but if you do it from the right ranges you're actually plus now you're not plus enough to actually like you're not close enough to do anything like really valid there but it disrupts the opponent's timing and that little change for me, just realizing that, having it click, it's it's dramatically improved my enjoyment of the game because it's something I want to do versus like, this is something I have to do to be good. You know, I, I know the rules of Monat. I know the rules of Street Fighter V. I know what the meta is. I've learned all this stuff and I'm, I'm, I, 
I'm doing it so I can get good, but now I'm actually having a freedom of expression with my character. I'm able to, to, to use the character in a way that I want to and put my own impression and my own stuff on it. Like I look at other Monot players and they're not doing what I'm doing. They're, they're zoning more with the character and it's like, Oh good. It's like, I can go in now and disrupt people because they don't expect it. I'm having so much fun doing it. I found some nuances and some little things that other people may have discovered, but the way I'm applying them and the way I'm using them, I use V trigger two to be outside the box as well. Uh, it's, I'm finding so much enjoyment in that now. Like I knew that, that, that this was waiting for me once I kind of figured out my knot and man, is she unbelievably technical and difficult to play. But I knew that like this, you know, prize was kind of waiting at the end and I'm so happy I've gotten here. I'm having more success than I've ever had. And I'm also, um, I'm also enjoying the game more than I ever have. Uh, relatively speaking, I guess, you know, it's, it's, I, I know I've had enjoyment similar to this, but this feels more sustained and come talk to me in another month and I'll be like, Oh no, I was, I'm an <laughs> idiot, you know, type thing. But but yeah, I, I really go back to this. It, it's so important with the, the characters we play. We've talked about this a lot on the pod. Like, you know, how Ryu just kind of like kills your enjoyment of Street Fighter V because he's so bad. And, and Nikali definitely does not have that problem going for him. He's a very good character in this game, pretty much by everyone's standards. But he might be the wrong character for you. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily saying that to John. I'm saying that to like everyone else. You have to find a character that you have fun with, that you enjoy. If people call him stupid or they call him whatever, like don't listen to him. They don't matter. Like no character in the game right now is so dominant and beating everyone that, that they're so dumb. Like you, someone has a case against you, you know, type thing. It's you play whoever you want to that you enjoy because you enjoy them. And, and that's where the magic of fighting games happens. You find something, you find a strategy, a thing that's good, and, and you can, you know, run with it. Yeah. The only character that I, uh, I look at and I go, I could have enough control and, and minimize the randomness factor on both offense and defense, but more specifically on offense, um, is, uh, is Guile, because he's that zoning kind of thing. He also has a rushdown, which is kind of goofy, I think. But... Um, his his buttons are really good. He he controls the pace of the match, and it's it's much le- like he's not risking as much by throwing a sonic boom, you know, or doing a lot of the things that he wants to do. He gets to do those for um, with with fewer risk or, or smaller risk, I should say, than a lot of other people, and um, and so. But there's already a ton of guiles out there, and I and and I don't know. It just it doesn't really appeal to me to like stop and, and start up in that camp where there's already a bunch of people way farther down and such and and I don't know so I, you I, we've we've talked about this a lot it's just guile doesn't have that appeal to you the character who has the appeal to you and we've talked about this before is the king yeah. he appeals to you for some reason and it's not like I knew I was going to discover this you know tech with Manat and like oh this is going to be perfect but she appealed to me for some reason I trusted my gut and I stuck with her this entire time, even though she's really hard to play. And I don't typically play like highly technical characters in fighting games. And I think she's the number one technical character in Street Fighter V. Um, that's not who I pick usually. And, and yet I stuck with it. And I'm like, I'm so happy I have, even though it's been very bumpy along the way. In fact, uh, was it yesterday? John reached out to me and was like, "Hey, as soon as you're ready, let's throw you know, let's throw down and let's play some matches," which uh, doesn't happen very often. John, like he he goes at it with Dream King on the regular. 
but uh, we don't we don't play one on one all that often. It's usually more like, okay, I got some new tech, I want to test it against you, kind of a mm-hmm. thing. But just like I'm I'm testing my skills. It's not like a regular training partner. It's more of like a let's see how much I've leveled up or down or whatever um, situation. So that's very much an indicator that you are having a lot of fun. I can attest to that <laughs> because of what. Uh, you have your wanting to play and such, but yeah, I don't like getting bodied for free, and so that's generally why I don't play it too often. I'll play your Sagat. I, I will definitely play your Sagat because Manat like kind of kills that matchup and whatnot. And uh, and you know it's uh, I, but I, I feel like I'm getting confident and comfortable. And the last couple times that's happened actually, like as I got there with Vega and I got there with Bison, like I was ready to play uh, Raptor uh, a good bit, and then like right when that happened, like Vega got nerfed into the ground, and I'm just like ah, I'm like <laughs> great, you know. And then uh, right when I got there with Bison, like Manat came out and i'm like okay well i'm switching so i'll, I'll see you in like a year you know kind yeah. of thing. it hits a year later and here we are but but yeah fair fair so yeah we'll see and again this is it, it could also be just like the post evil lull but i haven't found myself wanting to try to even make it out to scr right now and and stuff and um sometimes my free time goes to playing something like heroes of the storm instead of street fighter uh, just because it's like well i'm gonna have more fun playing that um mm-hmm. even if it's not gonna be for you know building my competitive experience or something that i can use and work as much but uh, i don't know uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens in the uh, the coming months and such but i do wonder if anybody else has felt similar sentiments i'm sure they have the people that are listening right now in um you know having listened to the specifics that i've that i laid out into how i'm not necessarily enjoying the game as much right now if you've been through it if you're going through it right now um i personally would love to hear your experiences and and your reactions to it what either got you through it or what didn't get you through it maybe it it just killed the game for you completely uh but whatever you know sometimes misery loves company and um and i'd love to to dialogue so if you guys like i guess it'd be easiest just to drop it into like the comments of the story for the uh, you know the article that we make for this or or on my or, or my twitter whatever but um i certainly wouldn't mind having some back and forth with people if if anybody hears this and goes oh yeah me too like let, let's let's chat about it because that'd be fun i think yeah, and I think that that people need to offer a little bit more nuance than I am here, where I'm just like place a god. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying. <laughs> He's too slow though. Yeah. Like I don't like his his lack of movement and his his. Yeah, uh, it's not my favorite. You you are a fireball and, and footsie zoner, but anyway, um, but um, it's 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 interesting how a different perspective can make something click. And I actually had Dream King uh come up to me and just he mentioned something. I'm not going to get into it here on the pod just yet. Uh, I will definitely be talking about it here on the future. Uh, it's it's not it's a big deal to me. Uh, it's probably not going to be a big deal to a lot of our readers. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna uh, move the subject to more uh, relatable stuff. But anyway, um. He said something to me that stuck with me, though, and it was like a couple months now since he said it. And like last night, I just had this gigantic epiphany and I'm like, that bastard Steven was right. Like he was totally right. Like, but the way he the way like it had to click in my own head was different than than what he said at the time. But I just it had to relate to me. And so where I'm going with this is just if you guys can reach out to Velociraptor and just give him some words of encouragement, place of God, um, and, and tell him to <laughs> tell him like kind of like what you're going through and whatnot, it will it will kind of help him relate. And it's it's why we have this pod. It's why we discuss this stuff. Like I, I we didn't even plan on getting into this. We didn't talk about it. I had no idea John was going through it. And yet like discussing it like helps us like process it and get around to it. And I'll just say like it wasn't even that long ago. 
where we were discussing the meta of Street Fighter V and like how the game plays. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's so random, it's so stupid, and all that. And it, it just came down to a lot to not understanding how the game worked. Like the depth that was there. The infamous saying that you know I've mastered the game in twenty minutes. You know, it's we're good. You know, type thing. And here it is, two years later, and we're still wrapping our head around everything that's going on here. Um, we've come up with a much better fundamental understanding by discussing this stuff. And it's why we bring it up on the pod. And so if you guys ever have ideas, uh, please just hit us up with it. Uh, we're actually going to get into the mailbag now. Speaking of uh, people hitting us up with ideas, when we did the SALT podcast, they said that that one of the main things we didn't talk about, and it just kind of blew my mind that we actually didn't mention this, was uh, the fact that that like people teabag so much in Street Fighter Five, And I think it's something that, that Knuckle Do and kind of Punk, like, I don't want to say pioneered because, you know, a lot of people were doing it, but they kind of like put it up on the big stage. And uh, so I want to give a big shout out here to Daniel for for sending this message in and just kind of talking about how to deal with this in general. Um, I think that once someone like teabags you, usually it's, you know, you, you've you gotten dizzy, they they read you right, and Street Fighter Five is so brutal, like, you know, it just it knocks you on your butt. And now, like, they have the gall to just taunt you like mercifully or mercilessly or whatever you know kind of thing they're just they're blowing you up basically right and i i found for myself like i'm not a taunting type player like i don't know me either i I hate doing it i if someone does it to me i go i I go through the same process as i think everybody else does with that spike of emotion like i I feel disrespected right now i need to write this wrong Uh, i need to hit them and i definitely need to not lose right now because i just got taunted and that makes it even worse they just up the the pride stakes but as soon as i turn things around i think okay well if i'm watching this you know what's even better than than me turning this around and then taunting them back is me turning this around and then having having the uh, the opportunity to taunt them back and not doing it. It's like, I won't stoop to your level and I beat you. Yes. And, and that's really the answer right there is usually a player who's comfortable doing that. Like they're comfortable, you know, taunting you or whatever, like they can do it without really impacting their mental game. It's not throwing them off. Like it's there to throw you off. It's there to get inside of your head and mess with you. And if you give into their game, if you play their game, you're generally setting yourself up for failure there. Um, but we, we definitely wanted to honor this thing because it's like uh, honor maybe being the wrong word there. But hey, you know, <laughs> it's Street Fighter Five. Uh, you're going to get teabagged. I am definitely going to get teabagged now, like when people see me online because they realize, oh, Catalyst doesn't like this. Well, guess what? You know, and, and so it's it's going to happen now. Uh, but the best thing you can really do there is just not give into it. Uh, stay in your game and kind of like just think of it like your opponent like didn't actually teabag you and just beat the crap out of them. Uh, it's funny how, how much like so often like bullies and other people, like if you don't engage with them and you don't give them the time of day, how frustrated and angry that makes them. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's kind of the best advice of what I would do there. But yeah, it's a Street Fighter Five has enough salt, like just in its natural gameplay and approach that when someone does that, oh man, does it make you livid? Uh, <laughs> Apathy yeah. is the hard counter to bullying, I think. Well, in certain respects. And I, and I think that it can be put in practice right here. The the latter part of Daniel's uh, request here for, for us to cover, it says the salt message is after. And I'm not sure exactly what he means by that, but I'd venture to guess it might be when you're talking about playing online and, and someone beats you or you beat them and they send you salty PMs afterwards, uh, calling you a scrub and, and as much of... Uh, <laughs> that's the, probably the nicest thing you're going to hear uh, in these messages. They get much, much worse. But uh, as far as how I handle that, that comes in, in, in many different forms throughout life, You know, whether it's playing online 
online or in my in my case, you know, just writing articles and people commenting and not appreciating them and, and everything in between, you know, social media and whatnot. But my favorite thing to do when someone goes in on that level is to respond to them, but do so in a like it depends on my mood, but in a way that kind of uh, flips it all on its head. So if it's like they're commenting on an article and such, I say just, you know, thanks for reading Event Hub, something like that. Um, <laughs> that that almost sounds as though I missed the point of what they're saying, which is probably going to enrage them more if they take it that way. Or you can just like correct their grammar if they use the wrong your or the wrong there or something like that. Or tell them, thank you for the for the feedback. Uh, I hope you do good, you know, in the next chapter of your life or whatever it is, you know, just something mm-hmm. really, really just goofy. But I, I like to respond like that as opposed to responding in kind or engaging in it. I don't engage yeah. in it is what it is, like at least not on the level that they're at, because I don't think that almost any fruit comes out of that and, and nothing positive. So I like to just try to have fun and poke holes or poke fun at them as they're doing that kind of a thing. That reminds me of a story of an ESPN reporter. Um, she was a, a young reporter, you know, coming into the scene, and she, like, kind of had a very naive approach in terms of, like, hey, I'm a very likable person. You know, I'm smart. Like, I listen to other people and other things. And if I just engage with enough people and talk to them and reason with them, like, you know, they'll, they'll see my point and they'll like me, you know, and like, I can, I can convince people, you know, I'm, I'm not a bad person and whatnot. And she came to realize over the years that no matter what you do or say, some people are just not going to like you. There's no like rhyme or reason to it. They're just not going to like you at all. And, and engaging with them is often giving them what they want. And so I kind of have a different approach in terms of I'm just kind of like, you know what, like, whatever, you know, if you say something that actually has some validity to it, like you're like, hey, um, you know, here's something in the match you kind of did wrong and but you're kind of a scrub, like I might engage you then, you know, I, I might, you know, look past the insult and like, you know, just try to see like there's actual, you know, some some legit part of your message there and, you know, try to respond to that. But if your message is nothing but blah, 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 like that, that's what I'm literally going to see. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to even engage you. Like you're, you're not worth the time um, to, to do that unless you can like make your message actually have a point, you know? And if you're, you're just sitting there like trolling, it's like, whatever, I've, I've got better stuff to do. So. Um, and, and one final piece I'll say on this bit about saltiness or, or more specifically about teabagging and taunting and match and all that goes into the psychology of that, that really spiked up when knuckle do started doing it towards the end of street fighter four with the guile glasses stuff mm-hmm. and then um, carried it into street fighter five. And we saw punk do it, like you mentioned. And, and that kind of had its heyday or, or recent heyday, I should say. And it's not talked about or done as much, in, in recent times but as far as well so we investigated it a lot was the point of me bringing that up and as far as my own personal two cents on it um you know it's completely fine to do it it is a sense of disrespect and you have to understand that some people are going to take it as such that both being audience members or people that you're playing against and um but but it's very much a part of the game the psychological you know aspect of things especially in a call out kind of game like the street fighter 5 is where you're trying to predict and and uh, be very mental about it as opposed to just strictly off of reactions and such like it's a very valid thing but it is going to affect the way people see you as a player and as a person you know in, in, in your levels of respect and not everybody is going to acknowledge it in the same way so if you're worried or wondering about whether or not you should do it or, or not that's 100% a uh, a question that you have to answer for yourself most I can say is that I don't like to do it because I don't want to come off as disrespectful most of the time there are there are special times depending on who you're right. playing and stuff but most of the time I avoid doing it simply because 
I don't want to come off as disrespectful. And I think that it, it very easily can. And there, I will actually say there's a very interesting example that happened here with uh, someone people would not expect, but Daigo, uh, I believe he was playing Justin Wong. And this is, you know, way after Evo Moment 37. This is in Street Fighter 4. And uh, Daigo's playing Ryu uh, in the game. And he's basically doing focus attacks, like, from full screen. And he's, like, charging up and dashing out of them. And... Uh, the commentary people at the time are like, you know, if this wasn't Daigo, I would think this is kind of like a taunting type thing that he's doing. And maybe the fifth or sixth time, like, you know, Daigo did that. Everyone's like, oh yeah, he's kind of taunting Justin Wong to like get in his head and mess with him and whatnot. Like taunting without taunting. Because I mean, why would you do a full screen focus attack and like just keep dashing out of it basically? Yeah. You're not building and, meter or anything. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, Justin Wong, he's going to play very lame if he can and just back off of you. And and Daigo's kind of trying to get him to go in and stuff like that. So, I mean, even Daigo's usually considered kind of like the uh, the epitome of, of respect and, and just kind of dignity in terms of his play style. But, I mean, even him, like, he's not above it. We play fighting games. We're all competitive. Uh, it's it's there's a, there's a time and place for it, but as John said, like... Be careful because you will get some negative reputations from it if it's not done in the right way. Um, I think Knuckle Dew and, and Punk both pulled it off to a point where people kind of knew it was like for the theatrics and for the fun of it. And it wasn't that big of a deal. So I mean, I smashed a stick uh, next to Sanford Kelly and stuff, right? So there is, I, I would definitely advocate that there is a time and a place for stuff. And it's, you know, when you're having good fun. But uh, Yeah, especially yeah. smashing a stick next to Sanford <laughs> Jeez, man. Uh, All right. But yeah. a story for another podcast. We'll do that during story time uh, in the future. The other uh, mailbag segment we wanted to get to here was from Joey, who is a Vega main. My condolences. And yep. he wants to hear about uh, Vega, the character. And, John, you played Vega for the better part of season two. You talk uh, season about one. season yeah. one. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not a very good reporter and uh, researcher. Uh, and,. You you talk about Vega fairly often. He comes up just because of like how low tier he tends to be in Street Fighter Five. How rare it is to see much result with him, and how how much of an uphill battle uh, he he really faces. And I know that we kind of got into this with um, what we were talking about with Ryu and such. But um, but there's I mean Vega has been a part of Street Fighter since two, and and you know is is very much a part of the game as well um, for a long time. And so. But, I mean, you being, being one that's played him and, and had as much experience with him um, as you've had, I think that you could probably answer this pretty thoroughly. Right. So to give people some context here with the character of Vega, in Season 1, uh, Nemo played him, and then a handful of other very good players, uh, DRA, uh, played him. He, they were they did some good stuff with the character, but most people didn't have him much above like mid-tier. Uh, he's... He wasn't low tier. He wasn't high tier. You know, he was just kind of like at that maybe upper mid, you know, part. And then Capcom basically redesigned most of the game from season one to season two in terms of how normals worked. And Vega went from having five frame medium punches to having six and seven frame medium punches. And it dramatically altered how good he was. They took range away from him because a guy with a claw definitely needs to have his range reduced and be stubby for some reason. And so he went from a character that was, you know, like halfway decent. Uh, Nemo got top eight with him at, at Evo. Um, and basically to a lot of people thought maybe he was still okay and still good. Uh, but his results in season two just like were abysmal. 
and a bunch of people dropped the character and moved on to other people because why would you keep playing them? And then season three was rolled around and Capcom did a bunch more tweaks to him. And uh, Riketsu uh, is uh, one of the more renowned Vega players. He pl- like he'll cosplay as Vega, like the full mask and everything and, and put a wig on. And um, Nick uh, is he talks with him a decent bit. And I, I suggested in season three that, you know, the buffs that Capcom did, like, made Vega, like, an okay character now, and he was halfway decent. And Nick said if Riketsu heard that, like, all decorum and all, like, you know, reasonableness would probably just fly out the window and he might punch me. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm very sure he was kidding there. I, I'm, I'm sure Riketsu wouldn't punch me, but I'm maybe not entirely sure <laughs> if I said make it was halfway decent so that's kind of the feeling on the character I've messed with them uh I definitely think you could surprise people uh of all things uh M Lizard who goes by Tourniquet uh online on Street Fighter 5 he's one of the best Street Fighter 5 players out there online uh he played Daigo and just wiped the floor with them with Vega against uh, Guile um, you could definitely surprise people, but the work you have to put in there uh, to do that, it's really hard to play the character in this day and age. Uh, in, in just to kind of recap basically what he doesn't have going for him is his V triggers, uh, his V gauge system is just pretty damn dreadful compared to pretty much the entire rest of the cast. He can do some things, and but he really, he relies on the element of surprise and the a lot of shenanigans basically to get by. Um, I don't recommend the character pretty much for anyone unless you are just absolutely desperate to play him like you're like i need to play vega and it's like okay if you're gonna do that like realize you have got a a very large uphill climb in front of you um so yeah i mean it's it's just it basically they took everything that was good about the character in season one and they got rid of it and it's he doesn't have great normals um he doesn't have a great v gauge system a v trigger system uh he has good shenanigans and he, he has some other stuff like that going for him, but it's like, how often can you rely on shenanigans to, to get consistent performance out of it? And, and we see some very good uh, players using Vega and their results are pretty abysmal with them. I, I don't yeah. want to dwell too long on it, but I do want to ask you, what do you think about his V reversal? Cause you said his V system is pretty bad. His V oh, reversal. Horrible. Well, okay. So, yeah. and for those that aren't immediately aware, he can, he does a backflip. Um, or he can do two backflips, so that changes up the timing. And uh, obviously, we, a lot of people use V-reversal when they're in the corners to get out of pressure, and if he's doing backflips, he's not going anywhere. He remains invincible through most of it, and then you can hit him out of the recovery frames, but it's a fairly small window, and I don't know the exact frames there. But the idea is, well, you could just cover it with a, a move that's, that's active for a while. So I have, um, I've, I've gone into training mode and had Vega on randomized. He's going to do either, you know, V reversal one or V reversal two being, you know, one or two backflips to change up the timing. And even though, even when I'm just in training mode and trying to punish it, I have a hell of a time getting any kind of consistency out of it. And I will say that I have eaten more damage from a V reversal situation from Vega than anyone else in the entire cast. Like I've, I've gone to punish and just been a little bit too late or a little bit too early so many times. And it's like, when he does it, I feel like, well, even as, you know, devour our V trigger activated Nikali, it's very hard to, to follow that up. Because at the very best, you're going to guess which one he's doing and try to, to counter that. And I get it. I, like It doesn't take him anywhere. He's still in the corner and he has recovery frames. But that move, I, I, I like, you know put under the microscope in training mode and still have not been able to find a consistent 
answer for. People are like, well, just jump it's, forward or just. No. Yeah, no, it's funny. That's Nikali is the one character that moves really good against. Like, there's, a, I think there's a few others. There are a handful of characters where that move, it's very situational. Uh, and some people can't punish it very well. Nikali is one of the characters. Like, if he does a stomp, you can actually punish a stomp, like, fully um, with a, a V reversal with Vega. Uh, you do, you know, the short hop. Um, and, and you'll land, like, right next to Nikali as he's recovering from his stomp. And it's like, oh, great, full punish. Um, so he's one of the characters who actually struggles with that matchup, I think, a bit. Um, I've heard some stuff about Abigail not liking the matchup. Um, it, it's it's there, but it, again, it, I I go back to actually like Rose in Street Fighter Four with their Ultra One, uh, where she threw the scarf at you. Um, it actually worked really good against like Adon, and I, I thought it was good against Balrog because if he did a rush punch, like he come right into it, and you'd score like 550 damage or something really high. Uh, but then you tried to do that same thing against like you know a Ryu player, and it's like they'd see it coming, and they just Tatsu in the air, and they'd hover above it, and they'd land right as your Ultra ended, and they get a full punish on you. And so the matchup again with this stuff is very important. But I I a very strong believer that if your V gauge system is very situational to a matchup. Up, like it's probably not very good uh and vegas is all pretty much like situational like almost everything he does in there like only works in certain matchups at certain times and, and that's why i think his um his v gauge system is just terrible sure. absolutely terrible yeah and i and i don't dispute that he's not a, a great character he doesn't have very good results and and that uh, even if the v reversal were truly a, a good move through and through i don't think that that's going to make up for all the other holes that he has in his gameplay and and i don't have an especially rough time with vegas it's just that particular move is like it's it's weird to me and i haven't grasped it but anyways yeah so i, I think that that i mean did you have anything else you wanted to say specifically about vega no, no, just uh, don't play them. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, Vegas. Uh, well, you always have season yeah. four. Maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll do something nice to them. But they've tried to do that a few times, and and we haven't seen anything. But you know, uh, we we can hope for the best, and uh, and that's what we'll be doing until next week. So thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in to yet another one of our event hubs podcasts. We really appreciate it. If you can go and uh, give us a review on the old uh, iTunes, we would greatly appreciate that. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? Oh, yeah. You can uh, leave us a review on Stitcher as well. We, we found another place that accepts reviews for podcasts. So we're, uh, we've got two of them now. So if you guys do that, it's very much appreciated. And, and yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.